Hello and welcome to the Catholic Homeschool Podcast. I am your host, Paula Siskanik, and I am so happy to have you here with me today where we talk all things homeschooling from practical tips to homeschool to living a homeschool life. And that includes money, one of those big topics that either can, you know, create stress or make us very happy or very frustrated. I am so excited today to be able to bring to you to uh, an amazing couple that I, I, I discovered, and we can talk about that somehow through maybe just looking for the greatest showman, and and we'll talk about that. But <laughs> what's beautiful is they're themselves. They are also homeschooling parents themselves. And may I introduce to you Jonathan and Amanda Texara. Thanks. Yes. Hi, guys. Hello. Thank, Thank you for you. having us. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just, I'm very excited that we're going to talk about you guys and your business. So what I'm going to do is just read off script here, you know, just read it because I didn't memorize it, is your biography <laughs> for those people who don't know you yet. Um, in January 2012, Jonathan and Amanda were focused missionaries. Awesome. That must be a story in itself as well. But they had, as a nice young married couple, right, $25,000 in debt and a deep desire to break free. Yes. A short and zealous seven and a half months. Wow. They wrote their last check to Sally Mae and closed the doors on debt forever. So since kicking debt to the curb, they've focused on saving, investing, and giving in a way that set them up for total financial independence for a lifetime. Well, upon hearing their story, a few people started asking the money questions and they answered them. And then that snowballed into hundreds of people asking them questions. They started to speak at events, provide one-on-one financial coaching, and then launched Wallet Win in 2017 to help as many people as possible get out of debt, build wealth, and transform the world through generosity, through their online courses, their membership, and podcasts. They presently live in Omaha, Nebraska with their three daughters, Josie, Charlotte, Ellie, and a crazy but lovable Labrador retriever, Wrigley. Yes. Great. Well, welcome, guys. Did I miss anything? No, that about sums it up. (laughs) Isn't it great that you can get your whole life in one paragraph? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So good. Let's let's dive right in. You know, one of the things I, I loved about you know, seeing you guys, and I really want us to talk about is uh, homeschooling families, you know, uh, very often are, um, you know, living the homeschool life from just trying to figure out how to, to get dinner on the table, clean the house, but also how to balance a budget and balance their life spiritually. So what I really want to dive into is that spiritual element with money with you guys. And I think that's the beautiful thing about you guys is that you're both Catholic, living this vibrant life. Obviously, you you know about evangelizing through focus. Can you, let's just talk about God, money. Let's start there. Sure. I mean, that's a, it's a loaded topic <laughs> in a good way. Um, but we found that, you know, a lot of people, um, after they um, are going and growing deeper in their relationship with Christ and, uh, you know, 
receiving the sacraments and growing in their faith through everything that the church offers, a lot of times they're starting to align different areas of their life with God's will. But money tends to be one of the last places that people will want to look at through the lens of their faith because money is so emotional and difficult and it can be fraught. And it's something that most of us never learned how to manage growing up. Um, and so it can be a source of frustration. And so while we've, you know, given so many areas of our life to God, um, you know, our emotions, our, our fertility, money tends to be one of the last places that people will actually bring God into because it can feel so vulnerable and um, it can feel really hard. I'd say yeah. another uh, reason some folks don't, you know, it might be one of the last places to really invite the Lord into is because, well, I think a lot of folks just don't know that he has anything to say about it, that the church teaches anything about it. Right. So it's like, oh, well, I didn't ask you to help me because I didn't know that's one of the things you did. But of course it is. Uh, of course, he wants everything in our life uh, to be given over to him. And he wants to help every area of our life, especially one, if you think about it, like money that can, like you said at the top of the show, touch so much of the rest of our life, right? If you find a, a stray $10 bill in your pocket, you're in a great mood, you know, and then you multiply <laughs> that as the the money you find or the bill you find uh, gets larger. Yeah. I mean, like, let's talk about that whole idea of, you know, money is bad. You know, we think about, you know, again, uh, being materialistic, you know, what does that have to do with it? You know, thinking about, uh, and again, you did say that scripture, you know, the, the kingdom of heaven, or is it, it's easier for, what is it, to, you know, rich man to get through the eye. <laughs> yes. But yes. You know, you know, all of those things that we grow up with that really make that connotation that money is bad. Yes. I would say, yeah, a lot of times we run into Catholics who, you know, it, they fall into this um, myth, if you will, that money is evil, money is bad, but the scripture is clear. Uh, it's the the love of money is the root of all evil, and the lure of richer, riches can cause us to go into folly. Um, but it's not necessarily money in and of itself. And the church is always taught that money is neutral. Money is this amoral tool that helps us uh, provide for ourselves, have a little bit of recreation and leisure, and it's something that we can use to to help other people too. Um, so really, it's this neutral tool, but it's been given, you know, kind of a taste, if you will, through um, you know, we look at the some of the lives of the saints, and it's like, oh, well, they gave up everything, and then they became a saint. You know, Saint Francis, for example. But we've also got saints who came from. A lot of money. St. Catherine Drexel, her her family was part of the family that founded Chase Bank. J.P. Morgan Chase was... He the, was one of their business partners. He was yes. one of the business partners. Yeah. And she used that wealth to do great good. Um, but the church is also clear that wealth is not something that we should just hoard. I mean, Jesus wasn't wrong when he said that it can be difficult. It can be a stumbling block. It's just like any other blessing that God gives us, Right. We can um, use it in the right way that it was intended for, and it can bless us and bless others, or we can use it in the wrong way, and it could backfire in our faces, and if we don't put healthy boundaries around it, it does have the power to really harm us. But if we're pursuing a life of virtue, if we are pursuing God's will in our life, and money is something we've surrendered to him, there's really no harm in the amount we, we have. It's really, it's something that we're going to use for him then. 
So it's not evil. It's not bad. It's neutral. <laughs> and when you let him be the one in control of it, there can be some fun things that you might get to partner with him in the new evangelization by supporting. Yeah. What about, um, you know, when you talk about money, bad myths and, and mindset, you brought up, Amanda, um, you get married, you know, and both of you grow up in very different environments, I think. And I know most of us can relate to this fact that we both actually have, you know, come with a lot of baggage and including with that is how we view money. I loved how you brought up the idea that it's emotional, you know, um, can we talk a little bit about that? How do, how do we reconcile that? How do we come to terms with that with each other? Yeah, that 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 you touched on it perfectly in that when you get married, you begin your family, you are starting off with two different, unique uh, human beings who have different experiences, different upbringings, different pasts. And because of that, a different outlook on a number of things, one of them being money. Uh, it's as if, you know, I, I always use this example uh, of cake. So when I think of cake, just cake, think of a cake, draw a piece of cake, I'm usually going to draw um, a square piece of a yellow cake with chocolate frosting that came out of the nine and a half by nine by 13 inch pan, because that was cake when I was a kid. Now somebody else, they could, a, a tall, you know, slice from a layer cake, it's chocolate, chocolate frosting, all that, and it's both cake. But if you ask for a piece of cake, and I bring out the yellow cake, sure, you understand that that's cake. You might be a little disappointed. You had different <laughs> expectations. So we, but we, the two of you are coming into this family now that you're creating with different ideas, different expectations of money, what it's for, what it's not for, how you get it, why, what type of a person gets it, you know? Um, and so when you have those two different ideas of money, and even if they're just off a little bit, right, you both would go, when one person explains it, I'm sure the other person would go, oh, yeah. You're talking about money, but those those under um, those motivations, those different understandings of of how it works and why we have it and why, how we're going to use it, um, what's important to use it on. That's where you start rubbing up against each other. So it's first important just to understand that it's going to be different, right? I th think yes, that's cake. Of course, that's cake. That's what cake is. I need to first understand that Amanda has a different idea of cake or money or whatever it is when we come into this, that what I think isn't just the only one. Then we can start understanding, we can we can pull both of those ideas of money, put them on the table and kind of poke around at them, see what's there. And then what's important is to move forward together, right? You take away some of the stuff you don't like that, you, that each of you are doing and you put together the stuff that you like. You get to construct your new idea and belief around money and what it's for. And of course, opening that up to the light of faith as you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I can see where that, that can actually, you know, make your marriage that much better, you know, cause this is, a, it seems to me like what you're talking about, John, Jonathan is um, communication, you know, even on this deep <laughs> level, you know, and in a way and taking the time actually to do that with each other. Um, I know you guys did a, I think a podcast recently or something just talking about, you know, even your spending habits and talking, you know, can you give some examples of things where um, people do have struggles and maybe just, you know, a few ideas of how we can, can navigate the waters where, where we have these mindsets that are very different. 
Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> a few examples. Um, I saw it going around. <clears throat> and this will be fun for the homeschooling families listening. I saw this going around in August, you know, on TikTok or Instagram reels, just these jokey videos of women, um, you know, there would be some sort of a music in the background and the captions would read something like my husband asking me about how much we're going to be spending on homeschooling this year. And, you know, the wife is kind of jokey, like it's a lot, it's a lot, it's kind of a lot, a little bit more, a little bit more. And, you know, the spouse in the background, like getting wide eyed and like, ah, and just that's one example that I've seen even in homeschooling families is uh, maybe one parent um, views it views the budget for homeschooling differently than the other parent. Mm-hmm. And that's going to, you know, until there's a conversation about why they both feel the way they do and can actually get on the same page and agree, there's always going to be a little bit of a conflict there. Um, and that's something that's really important. So it could be about homeschooling curriculums and the price and what if you're going to buy them used or new um, or what kind of tutoring you're going to pay for. Um, but it could even come down to... Um, just other simple things like a vacation or what you're, what groceries you're buying. You know, if one spouse comes through the door with Target bags, you know, full to the brim and the other one wasn't prepared for it and they hadn't budgeted together, there could be a big sigh or an eye roll. And yeah. so we work with couples to really help them get on the same page and align their priorities so that there's no more surprises anymore. And when there's not financial surprises happening, uh, it makes things a lot more peaceful in the home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of those things, you know, you, you, it's kind of a great segue into my my next big thing is, in terms of homeschoolers is that we do, we hear budget-friendly, budget-friendly, you know, always trying to think because very often uh, most of our Catholic homeschooling families have said, you know, the, the grace of marriage, they've said yes to marriage and those graces came through and, and tapping into that but also they say yes, also to openness to life. And sometimes that means a, a larger family. So are we doomed to always be in debt and just kind of, you know, <laughs> the the cup, you know, just don't have enough, but to rub two nickels together. Is, is that the kind of life we're called to? That is such a good question. And yeah, we hear it all the time. I get emails um, from families kind of just asking like, what are my options here? You know, if we're going to homeschool, we're typically going to have a single income household. And if the spouse that's working isn't in an extremely high paying job, well, that just means that we have to bust out the credit cards, live paycheck to paycheck, have all the car loans, and that we're just never going to get ahead. We might be able to put a smidge away for retirement, you know, just kind of this doomsday mentality of, but you know, I, we're doing it for God, so let, I'll just kind of whip it, whip my back, and and zip my lip, and move forward as I suffer towards heaven. Mm-hmm. And I'd say <laughs> we, we had this idea earlier that money is bad. All these saints, they gave up all the money, or they were poor to begin with, so that must mean it's good. So then, oof, at least we've got that going for us. If we don't have a lot of money, well, at least that's a good thing because I don't want a lot of money. And that's not again, that's a misunderstanding. That first idea that money is bad, that it, if that were true, which it's not, it kind of helps cushion this one because it's okay, well, you're avoiding the bad thing. But we need to remember, right, if even, you know, the examples that we see, you know, um, the rich young man, for example, in scripture, right, Jesus says, okay, you've been doing all this great stuff, 
now sell everything and uh, you know give it to the poor. It wasn't because it was the money holding him back. It was because his his the grip that money had on his heart. Jesus wanted all of him uh, when to come follow him, and he wasn't ready to give that up. You know, it could have been you know, I don't know, stop using uh, so much hairspray and come follow me if he was so attached to his looks and what we would now interpret that to be oh nobody can put anything in their hair no it's like (laughs) the inordinate attachment to his wealth um so when we 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 properly view that okay now that kind of that cushioning now is gone from the i guess we're just doomed so now we're just doomed there's no there is no silver lining to the doom it's just a harder life a more frustrating life that's probably going to make you shorter with each other, shorter with your children, more stressed out. Um, and so, no, it's it's not just this dooms uh, this doomsday scenario, right? The Lord said, you know, He calls us to have life and have it to the full. Yeah, and if we're on. following Him and we're being faithful, um, and that ends up looking like we're called to marriage and a particular job, whether it's we're working for the church or we're just, or we just have a lot of kids, whatever it is, whatever situation that he's calling us. And that, that turns into means things, you know, maybe are a little tight. Well, he's not going to call us to desperation. He's not going to call us to unending stress. Um, so there is life to the full, uh, you know, even in the midst of however it is that we're answering his call for us. Right. And all of us are going to be called to manage a different amount of money in our life. And really, the thing that's not going to change, though, is that we're going to be called to manage it as prudently as possible. You know, in Scripture, Jesus talks about, you know, the parable of the guy who got two talents and the man who got one and the, and then buried it and didn't do anything with it. But the, the other guy, he doubled it. Um, and, you know, he managed it well and was prudent and a good steward of that. So no matter the m- amount we have— if we're managing it really prudently, living on less than we make, avoiding debt, budgeting every single month, we're going to be able, God's going to provide. He's going to give us what we need to make that work. Um, but a lot of times this scenario involves a lot of people not knowing how to manage it. They're not doing the budget. They're spending out of emotional exhaustion, you know, and they're leaning on the credit cards and they kind of create a, a tornado just not even knowing what it's going to add up to. And then it creates this vicious cycle. Recently, somebody said to me, you know, even if we're struggling sometimes and we're doing things that we know is causing us misery, there's sometimes is a comfort in that, which I know that sounds crazy, (laughs) but it's the reality, you know, status quo, you know, is sometimes, okay, that's comfortable. But I think what you guys are are really helping, and I'm hoping that people listen to this and share it with others, is that, there's so much more to that. And with a little bit of effort, I think the key phrase I heard you say was manage it. So when you say manage it, what are we talking about managing our money? Sure. I mean, you know, the Lord gives us every good thing and through faithful stewardship, you know, we can give it back to him with increase, right? The, the parable of the talents, right? What's interesting is and the numbers, I think, kind of change depending on which version you're reading, if it's, you know. But anyway, there's the guy who got 10 and the guy who got five. They both got the same return, right? They both doubled the money and gave it back to the master. So they both, so, okay, the guy who had 10, the guy who had a lot, he knew what he was doing with it and he did well. The guy who had half as much still knew what he was doing with it 
and, and invested it and got a good return to give back to his master. So it's it's not necessarily, okay, well, how much did you have all this? It's what we do with it. So the, so the Lord, the church, um, there are some very clear things um, that come through in the teaching um, about money. And it's so important because sure, like all other, also, yeah, maybe all other areas of our life, there are things the church tells us, hey, you know, your life will be better if you do these things and you don't do those things. And if we do that, we have a better life. Certainly in those those particular things, right? My relationship with Amanda will be better if I love her and I serve her and I don't go have affairs. That's going to help my relationship. <laughs> it's also going to help my soul. It's going to help how I conduct myself in other relationships, in my friendships, in my business relationships. If I understand the idea of um, of serve of being a servant of loyalty of all those things and, and my relationship with God right I know He's faithful to me in all of that there so there's is it's, it's when He teaches us things when the church asks us to do or not do certain things it's for that thing but there's also so much more there's it's so much bigger so it's the same thing when it comes with money um, you know and right we we one of the big things is God has an idea for money a plan for how to use money. And if we don't understand it, we miss all other sorts of teachings, right? Jesus says in one of his parables, you know, hey, you know, it's kind of like, you know, like what what kind of dope uh, would start building a tower and not count the cost first? <laughs> well, if you don't know, if you don't have a good grasp on what budgeting really is mm -hmm. and the experience of how it brings you so much more peace and comfort and getting your, your goals accomplished, well, then that that whole teaching could go right past you because you're like, okay, I get, I don't know, like, because there's so much more to budgeting um, than that. And so if we're not viewing money the same way as God, when he references it, which is quite a bit, um, it's, what is it? Uh, a couple hundred a times. A third of, the, of Jesus' parables, I think it's like a quarter of his words in the gospels are about money. It's depending on how you count it, hundreds or thousands of verses in the Bible are about money. Um, so there's something there. And if we're not on the same page with him, a lot of the references, because it's not just all, hey, do this with your money. It's referencing it. All those other references are just going to pass us by and we're not going to understand what he's saying. Yeah. I love how our faith is a paradox in many ways, you know, uh, joy and suffering. Well, also freedom in a framework, you know, in a moral framework, and you touched upon that. So uh, I'm hearing that with money as well. You know, um, we may think that we just want to spend when we want, whenever the whims get us, but actually the freedom comes from budgets. <laughs> oh, you nailed it. I, that's one of my, one of my things that I hear so often is, you know, when we're coaching people, you know, they don't want to create a budget because they view it as a straitjacket. Um, you know, a tool of torture, the thing that says no, um, because it's all viewed through this. I just want to do what I want, when I want, where I want, with who I want, and however much I want. But we know as Catholics that that is actually slavery. Freedom comes in discipline. Freedom comes in submitting ourselves to the will of God. Um, and a budget is a tool of freedom. And we don't have to, we, that's the proper way to view it. It's just a tool of freedom to tell my money uh, how to prioritize itself so I can say yes to God's will in my life at this exact moment. 
Do you guys unprescribe to this as well? There's something else that um, I had come across it in my years was somebody saying, you know, very often, again, homeschooling families in particular too, because we struggle, will say things, you know, I can't afford that. I can't afford this. I can't afford that. And there's constantly this mindset of I can't afford when in reality, what we're saying is I'm not taking the time to budget that out or to Mm -hmm. come out of a plan, because if it's something that truly you really want, need, and again, not for vain glory or whatever, but you actually can get it. You can afford it. Even if you're, you know, not making a lot of money, yeah. Can we unpack that a little bit? Need versus one and affording things. Sure. I mean, I think it's, it, that can really become almost like a, there can be the reality of, I don't have the money in my bank account. And so, yes, I can't make this purchase today, but that does not mean you couldn't afford it six months down the road. If you took the time to actually put the money aside, that's, that's true. Um, you know, another, but the mindset of I can afford anything that God calls me to. That's what we really want to empower people to believe because that's true. He's the king of the universe. And if he's going to call you to something, he's going to come up with the funding. Yes. And so we have lived this in our own life. We know this one all too well. Sometimes God has come in the come in the 11th hour and saved us. But uh, one of our most recent examples of this was our youngest daughter. She just turned three. Um, she came to us through adoption. Um, and we found out about the invitation to adopt her uh, only about two months before she was born. And the cost, I just, I won't even get into the numbers, but it's astronomical. Um, And we had only had a business for six months. Um, So our income was unpredictable, but we felt every fiber in our beings was that God wanted us to say yes. We had no business saying yes if we looked at our bank account. By the definition of I can't afford this, that was our <laughs> our bank account was saying no. Uh, but we decided to turn our eyes to heaven and say, Lord, you have you have every connection we need, you have every idea we need, you have all the dollars. You have to get them into our bank account by this day. And so uh, we leaned on other business owners to kind of construct some plans and put together a really good offer for our business. Um, we we used the tools and levers that were right in our life already, and we opened up enrollment, and boom, just enough people came in for us to go ahead and cash flow that adoption without putting our family in debt, which would have hurt our family at that chapter. It would have really hurt us if we would have taken on a, a load of debt. Um, and so it came through, not not a nickel more, but just enough. <laughs> Love that. Oh my gosh. Well, I love how the fact it's like, it's not like you guys are just, and that's the thing, you don't want to mistake the point where like, okay, God, I'm just praying for this. So somehow it's going to miraculously just show up. You know, I love the story of Mother Angelica as the guy was, you know, delivering the big, huge satellite. And then she had no check. And then the phone call comes. I, you know, okay, that's Mother Angelica. For most of us, it means (laughs) most of us got to put effort. Yes, we have to put the work in ourselves. So I loved how you said that, Amanda, like you started to, I think, widen your vista. So wasn't that a mindset change, you know, to say, like, oh, well, what do we have around us that can make this possible? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And again, yes, I'm so glad. You made that, you know, that clarification. Yeah, it's definitely not just, oh, yeah, it's just think money and you'll have money or even just 
pray money and there's magically now check your bank account god put it in there um while that's certainly not outside his power it's usually not how he works um and so uh in a similar way it's like you know we it is very true i don't know if any of us um can afford everything all the time we can't afford all the things whenever we want them all at the same time um but if yes if there's something god's calling us to or something you know something there's a desire in our heart for we can make the plans to afford the thing, right? Budgeting, managing our money is all about understanding our priorities and living them out. So if that thing, whatever it is, is a high priority, okay, then. Then we arrange the other parts of our life, the other parts of our finances to make that priority feel and act like it is a priority. And so, yeah, maybe... Maybe you can rearrange some stuff in your budget that month and get the thing or do the thing or whatever it is. Maybe, yeah, you rearrange some things and you keep that going and you're saving up for it for a while. Um, but to just plan out and say, yeah, I just, I can't afford that. It's such a, there's such a, it's not just a period at the end of that sentence when you say it like that. It's a period, it's underlined, it's italicized, it's circled, it's highlighted. It is a stone cold fact when you say it like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, I can't afford it right now. I might have to, rearrange some things if that's my highest priority um or it's a it's a, a high priority well then yeah i'm sure we can find a way to make it happen yeah. very different mindsets yeah very much so so that leads me to the next thing and that is generosity you know we're called to be generous and to give to others you know uh interesting just a little sidebar here my son going to a secular college they debated on whether or not we have uh, uh, a responsibility to help those who are less fortunate than ourselves. Mm. My son came home and said, mom, I despair of my generation because as a group, the consensus was no, we don't. Okay. Whoa. (laughs) Yes. This is the young generation. This is what's being taught. That's what's being me, myself. I'm not going to take what is the, difference that we're being called to as Catholics and in the fullness of truth in terms of generosity. Sure. Well, we are absolutely uh, (laughs) called to help others. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the the Lord says, you know, the the poor will always be with you. Um, He says, you know, whatever you do to the least of my brethren, you've done to me, you know, give them food, water, visit them when they're in prison, help them when they're sick, all of that, you know, and then, you know, instruct the ignorant, all of that, you know, the, the corporal works of mercy, of course, and the and the spiritual works of mercy. Um, we're definitely called to give um, of ourselves, right? And you kind of gets wrapped up nice and neat, time, talent, treasure, all those things. And, and I always, I, I think sometimes, and I have been here definitely in the past, I sometimes have viewed it as time, talent, or treasure and probably not the treasure because I'm going to need that one uh, for myself and what I want to do with it. Um, Instead so, of it, all of them. And. It's time, talent, and treasure. We give of ourselves, however it is that we can help, right? Of, you know, my, I help, you know, with my time, I helping out, you know, at, at running the, at the parish, running the parish, or we do a hybrid homeschool thing. So, you know, we had our all saints day party a few weeks ago. And I was the MC, and I ran that little party, and we had a ton of fun with it. Uh, and that <laughs> was my time, of course. So and fun. So, and when we, um, but there's the the treasure aspect too, right? We 
are called to help one another. The church is very clear on this. Um, the church teaches, you know, yes, take care of you and your family. You know, the church isn't asking us to go into deprivation in order to help someone else. You know, when we are, when um, our families and in considering our family, our state of life, all of that is taken care of, it's, it says the rest um, is to be given to the in, indigent, right? What's left over. We have to give to those who need. Mm-hmm. We are, have been extremely blessed. If you are someone who's listening to this, you are probably in the scheme of humanity on the face of the earth right now, unbelievably blessed um, and, in, and very fortunate. And so there's um, a responsibility to give. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard the other day, um, I was at a, a stewardship conference and someone was talking about this big gift someone made. Um, and it was like, yeah, and it was like a couple million dollars. And I was like, and that's like one of the smallest things this person has given. And I just thought, like, what a responsibility, uh, a weight of responsibility to manage those many, that many things, right? You think of, I think, you know, similarly of, you know, these people who founded these huge companies or whatever, like, that's a lot of people. There's a lot of projects to be responsible for. It's the same thing uh, with money. There's a lot to be responsible for um, when a lot's been given. Yeah, you know, so what does it, and I'm sure this is one of those things you get a lot of questions about. I know we do too. Even early on in our marriage, it was, okay, so how much do we get? And how do we, and like, you know, the tithing, okay, thing is big with our beautiful brothers, you know, Protestant brothers and sisters in Christ. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So we hear a lot about tithing and what people typically define that as is 10% of your income. And where the term comes from is from the Old Testament. They had the law that the people followed. And part of that was to give 10% of, you know, whatever it was that they used as money at that time. So 10% of your, um, your flock, your your flock or whatever it was, they gave that to the Lord. And now, uh, you know, sometimes people will say, well, you, you give 10% or you're going to be, you're struck by lightning and smote. Uh, but the reality is, is that that is part of the Old Testament law that did not carry over. However, there is a lot of wisdom in that number. There's a lot of wisdom in that number. And so we encourage people to typically start around 10% because it's a number that you can feel. But the the reality of our lives is that God doesn't want 1% of your money. He doesn't want 10% of your money. He wants 100% of your money. Mm-hmm. That's the reality here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when it plays out in the particulars, do you want to take sure, this? Sure. So, uh, you know, he wants it, he wants it all, right? God, God never wants 10% from us, right? I was giving him 10% of my life when I was a snot faced high school student who barely thought he existed. Um, you know, going to church and youth group, like I probably gave him about 10% then. Um, once I understood him, who he is and his, and how much he loved me and all this stuff. Like, well, yeah, I gave him everything, right? Nobody has this big conversion moment and goes, and then that night I was in the chapel and I was praying. I said, Jesus, you can have 10% of my life. That never happened. No, that'd be a terrible story. (laughs) He wants all of it. And you know, that doesn't mean, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I've, yes, I, please Lord, take, take my life. How are you, how do you want me to use it? That doesn't mean I'm up at church 24 hours a day praying on my knees. Um, some people will be called to that. Most won't. 
Others won't, but he asked us to give everything. And so every, in, in every action, right? Pray without ceasing, all these things, I need to be giving him glory. Every, every dollar that comes through my hands, the way I use it, right? It, I'm, it's according to his will. It puts a smile on his face, I'm sure, when I use that money to buy groceries to make sure my kids don't die. Um, that's a very good way <laughs> to use my money uh, and, and fulfill God's will in my life. And so, all of it needs to be given to him. And it's in, but in terms of practically, what do you give all of that? Well, okay. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. 10, 10% is pretty good. Sometimes for some folks in situations, it's going to be less than that. Right. And some folks, if they gave 10%, they wouldn't even notice it. So that's barely, like, that's not generosity at all. Um, so we, and, and it's, again, it's squishy, but this is it's essentially the Catholic, um, perspective on a lot of things most things the church doesn't tell us what to think she teaches us how to think and so this is a squishier <laughs> recommendation but yeah. we recommend that people give a noticeable amount mm -hmm. so if you weren't giving that money yeah you know you could probably go out to eat a couple more times you could spend a little bit more on this like things would be a little bit easier or so you think um if you weren't giving it and that's of course go the other way and give so much that now all you're eating is ramen and ketchup for dinner. Um, <laughs> but there's that, that area in the middle yes. where you notice it. You've given that gift. You have to say no to a couple different things so that you can give this gift to the Lord. You can yeah. present this to yeah. him. And that's a really good, good spot to be. And it helps flex where you are right. um, as, as, as your income grows or mm -hmm. your life situation changes that, idea of a noticeable gift yeah. um, moves and flexes and comes along with you. Yeah. I love that because that's something that's, you know, uh, deals with us human beings as sensory beings. You know, it's, we need to sort of feel that, feel that contribution intentional, you know, and again, the gospel just recently talking about the widow who gave her two little mites, you know, which really didn't end up, you know, being a lot, but it was everything. So I love how you guys, have reminded us Jesus wants a hundred percent, hundred percent. Beautiful. So, um, uh, I would love to, you know, give some more practical advice to family. And, and I know that you guys, like you said, you've asked by hundreds of people, you know, to constantly, um, uh, help with that. Uh, how can people reach you, you know, as we move on to this, is there's ways, uh, what, what can we do is to help these families because I know that this podcast is just going to all of a sudden open the eyes of a lot of people. And they're going to say, hey, how can I find out more about Amanda and Jonathan? Just like I did. You know? Or even just watch the video on The Greatest Showman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what Paola is referring to there is that we, at the peak of COVID quarantine, we with our children, um, when the COVID checks came out, we made a video called Budget Your COVID Dough. Instead of this is the greatest show, <laughs> you can find that on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but I think a great next step for folks would be uh, joining us on an upcoming training we're going to be hosting with you, Paola, December 2nd, um, right in time for those holidays. Uh, we're going to be talking about how to save money and get out of debt without giving up everything that you love. So if that sounds like it's right up your alley, please join us for that training. You can, you can go. Where is it, John? Uh, yeah, head on over to WalletWin.com slash Catholic Homeschool. 
Uh, and then that'll take you right to the sign up page. You can sign up there. And then yeah. I'm sure they'll probably and put we're a gonna, link I'm going to send, notes. I'll send out email lists. We're going to put the notes at the bottom of this video on our YouTube channel. So people will have all those links. Make sure you get those links to me, you guys, um, because I'm really excited about this. This is kind of like a workshop. You know, I, oh my goodness, wish I had, you know, as it's in my, I know what it's like to run your own business. My husband and I did that for years. Uh, we made so many mistakes. And I, and I know that uh, I've, I've looked from the back end of what you guys are doing, you know, and, and just it's incredible. It, it's just going to not only bring peace and freedom and that framework that families need to be able to move to the next step in terms of really putting, giving Jesus 100% by putting money in its proper perspective in our Catholic teachings and in our united front as a husband and wife. And, and as such, I really believe that we do need, we have a responsibility to model that for our, uh, for our children, which speaking of which you had a child just peek in. And so that's how we know this is real. We heard the dog before, and uh, we have somebody at the door and that dog <laughs> is causing the dog to go berserk. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Well, I'm glad. I'm so glad we got you. I know that you guys also have some podcasts. We'll put those links too, because the greatest showman people have to watch that one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. And then the podcast that you guys have, there's all sorts of wonderful materials to get to know Jonathan and Amanda's beautiful work at Wallet Win. Anything you want to leave us with as we wrap up? I guess the only thing to leave with is, um, just that I want to encourage you that money doesn't have to be stressful. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be frustrating. That's not God's will for your life. He wants you to experience peace with it and freedom with it. And it doesn't mean that he's just going to rain money out of the sky or give you hordes of it, but he wants you to be at peace. And so if we can play even the tiniest role in helping you figure out a plan so that you can be at peace, we want to help you do that. Awesome. Great. Well, Thank you again, Jonathan, Amanda. I look forward to our little webinar workshop that we're going to do. Please join us. Please also join our community, the CatholicHomeschoolCommunity.com. That's where we extend the conversations that we start here through our homeschooling podcast, the Catholic Homeschool Podcast, and on our Instagram, Catholic Homeschool. Take care, everybody, and may God bless you abundantly. Bye now. Thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed this video, please consider liking it and subscribing to our YouTube channel. You can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Thank you, and have a blessed day.